to Americana Quill, writer to writer. Please like and subscribe and tell a friend that likes to subscribe. This week, my guest is a writer of music. He's a musical artist that has released four albums, and his latest album, Power, Resilience, and Joy, can be found on all major digital streaming platforms. I want to welcome River Nelson. Yes, What's sir. going on? Yes, sir. I'm chilling, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Nah, thank you for coming. You know, it, being, being a new podcast is hard to get guys, so I appreciate anyone that says sure. They'll, they'll love to come on, so thank you for yeah, that. Man. No, I appreciate it, man. As a matter of fact, let me, I'm going to grab my water right here. Give me two seconds. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, man. Yeah, no, again, man, I appreciate you having me on, man. I love, uh, you know, talking about art, man, and chopping it up, you know. About yeah, that stuff, so. I wanted, I designed this podcast because I think there's so many different forms of writing that's important that gets overlooked because you only think of the ending medium. You don't think of the, the starting process of, like, building out the skeleton, which is probably writing for most things. Like film, you got to screenwrite first before yeah. you see what's, you know, through that medium. Yeah. So, and I think the same goes for music. So I love having different guests at different mediums that have to deal with writing. So I'm glad you were able to do it. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess my first question is, um, does writing usually energize you or does it exhaust you because you feel like you put so much into it? No, man, it energizes me. Even before I even get to it, mm -hmm. the anticipation or just the excitement, I get really excited when I know that there's a, a chunk of time for me just to write. Oh wow! Right, that makes so sense. there's there's sometimes where and this happens a lot. Like I'll know, uh, like the following day I'll have a lot of time to write, and it's to the point where I can hardly sleep. You know, the night before <laughs> because I know in the morning time I don't have you know I can just write and record. So right, it's all it's all for your passion at that moment. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's beautiful. So when doing some research, I found out that your first deal was with Arista. So how did yeah. it feel to get that moment, I guess, of what I think every musician probably dreams about getting possibly that million dollar. I don't know how much it was, obviously, but like the idea is like, if I get a million dollars out of a yeah. deal, I'll be straight. So like, yeah. how was that yeah. initial feeling of like yeah. saying I signed to a major? That's a great question, man. Um, well, at the time, you know, I was 21 years old and you know, I, 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 I can, you know, like I really articulated the feeling years after, <laughs> you know, but as it was happening in the moment, um, it was really not expected. We planned for it. I remember uh, the group that I was in that got signed. We were in college a year prior talking about this stuff. Like, you know, we were working on demos and just, we were so naive. We had this audacity like it was gonna happen like you know so we put you spoke it together. to existence you didn't it wasn't naive you spoke, you spoke it to you know? existence yeah. yeah yeah you know so when it happened and our friends got on first you know and they and they helped us get on so when we got on it was almost like okay the game plan is going according to plan yeah it felt good it felt good according to plan so that was one side but then the other feeling and this probably came a little bit after when I was meeting big executives and they were talking about money and all these plans that they had for us. And, and that was the first time I, I really realized that, man, ideas that I put together in my bedroom can really spark a lot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, it could really spark a lot. Just these ideas, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm not, I ain't no genius or no artistic savant or anything. You know, I'm a person who has some ideas and worked them, you know? And right. You know, it, uh, 
you know, it was real, you know, my dreams were realized on some level. So that was the first time right. I realized that, you know, I had the power to do that. Right. So did the group break up if that's the reason why that situation dissolved? It was like an A&R issue? Because I feel like a lot of artists might get signed, but then it's like a waiting game, but depending on who the A&R is, if they got an air that they that the label trusts. So like, what kept it? You probably moved on to like other avenues. Like, I don't know if you actually released an album on Arista or not. I guess what I'm asking. No, we did not. It was, it's a whole, it, I mean, it was, it's a, it's a kind of a sad story, but it, I mean, not, not sad because it was, you know, I learned a lot from it. But um, basically, uh, our manager stole the, you know, pretty much all of the money that um, Arista allocated to us to turn in three singles. All right. Um, and yeah, so, we didn't know he was supposed to be pay paying the studio people for us, you know, to make um, these three singles that Ariston wanted before they okayed the rest of the album, right? So he was doing that at first. So we were working on the on the three singles, um, and then we called the studio one day and they're like my manager said, "Y'all can't come in because your manager didn't pay, didn't pay her." So we tried to get in contact with him. He was out of town. He was nowhere to be found. Da, 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 da. Long story short, we had to go back to our original means to make this demo, which was, you know, just, you know, our friends scrapping. and yeah. scrapping, our people at the studio and stuff. You know what I'm saying? So we did that. So half of the demo was real slick sounding. Half of the demo was, you know, really demo sounding. Um, Joy Bailey, who ran the, um, you know, they called it the uh, Department of Black Music back then. Um, wasn't as thrilled about those songs as she was about the demo that got assigned. Uh, she gave those songs to Clive Davis. Um, no, she actually put us back in the studio. You know, I, I'm telling a long story, but put us with, back a, in the with a new budget or without a budget, like, yeah, y'all better figure it out. She paid for one more song. We mm. told her what happened, and this is the thing when we had to turn in those songs, here comes our manager walking in like, like everything is good, like, oh, yo, blah, 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 blah. we like, and we telling her, like, yo, this dude. We ain't seen this dude just through this whole process. She's like, yeah, y'all got to work that out. We paid right. for these songs. So she was like, all right, I'll do this. I'll send y'all back in there to do one more joint. I think we had like two days to do it. We turned that in. And then after we turned that in, just the energy, just the, the excitement around this just kind of. Right. It was like they could they could have shelf shot, but instead they let y'all move over, move on, I guess. You know what I'm saying right. And yeah. phone calls just stopped and da 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 Nothing was happening. Yeah. And and they let us go, which we at that point we was cool with, you know. Um yeah. we wasn't cool with, but uh, you know, it, it doesn't look like anything was gonna happen. Do you know where that manager is now? Is he still scamming people out of money or is he not really where he thought he would be because of this? You feel like it got back to him karma? Um, I mean, he's he's kind of a known dude. I, I you know I don't, uh, don't want to start 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 nothing. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so, I got you. you. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I say this. <laughs> you know, I'll say this that he's a uh, he was a prominent guy in like the real old school hip hop scene, BX hip hop scene, mm. Grandmaster Flash. Da, da da da. He comes from that era. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. I seen him do stuff out after us and I, I don't know, you know what I'm saying? It was, um, did you guys ever have closure at least of him kind of saying like, y'all listen? Yeah. I mean, I, I conversed with him, you know, my partner was done with him, you know what I'm saying? I conversed with him and yeah. he was basically, he justified it. Like we owed him money. That was the money he needed to recoup for 
giving us a little bit of, I mean, which is bull, you know, bullshit because he was giving us money to take the train, get pizza. That that's forty dollars if if anything. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, so he justified it's, that. It's mm-hmm. sad that he could even see y'all get your whole album out and then see. All right, let's let's break up. Let's see where this bread lies for for me and the rest of y'all after the project was actually done and making sure y'all was really on the right footing. Just taking it at the first opportunity, I think is, is it's kind of whack. And I, I'm sorry that it happened like that, but I think it probably led you to better things that at least you go independent is what it seems like from a lot of your other catalogs. So I actually wrote down some of your album titles and I was wondering where yeah. they all came from. So yeah. the first one I wrote was um, The Rise and Fall of River Nelson. So what was yeah. that title for you? Yeah, so that so that title is basically about um, the process of me trying to grow and be mm. better, a better person all around. And in that process, there's a rise and there's a fall every day. Right. right? So that right that that title is just basically uh, a description of the process of trying to grow personally as a person, as an artist, as a uh, mate as a friend, as a family member, all of those things. Right. And with that, what was your mental, that was your mental state, I assume as well, is just the rise and fall of trying to figure things out as an artist? Yeah, well, it's just, just documentation, right? Because mm-hmm. we all hope, I mean, me, um, I'm excited about the process of, again, trying to grow um, in each way, as opposed to staying stagnant. Um, right. Artistically, you know, I want to be, I want to know more tomorrow than I did today. I want right. to be able to write better tomorrow than I did today. Um, right. I want to be closer to God tomorrow, closer than I am today. All of those things. So that process is a lot of wins and failures. And what was your writing process at the time? Was it like pen to paper where you like, kind of like, I guess, putting in lines here and there and then filling them in like a lot of people do now is like punching in and out, I guess. Yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, at the time, um, I had some songs that I had in mind, some, I guess, concepts I wanted to dive into. Yeah, dive into. So I had a framework going in. So um, I would, you know, frame the songs around those particular um, concepts. I would say that for like half of the album. And then the other half, I would say, inspired by the track, you know, this Mm -hmm. track makes me feel, you know, feel this way. Uh, right. or I see this when I'm listening to the track and I try to capture it. And you had a main producer on that album, right? Um, from the UK, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, Lewis Parker, he produced the first two albums. So Lewis Parker, I would say, is the equivalent of what DJ Premier is here in the UK. Mm. In, in terms of he's one of the main dudes who... Yeah, there's a deep reverence for him out there, yeah. Yeah, son. I mean, as far as that boom bap hip-hop, real gritty hip-hop sound. He's one of the, almost, I would say, the pioneers of that sound out there. And they call that grime out there, right? If I'm not mistaken, or well, similar to it? Grime is actually different. Grime is more of a a, a, a UK-born uh, thing, where Lewis, mm-hmm. he was really making American hip-hop music, but, you know, because he's British. Right. It, you know, they put him in that category. I yeah, got they you. put him in that category, and, you know, and he was really doing it you know, because hip hop isn't as popular in the UK as it is out here, because they have grime and they have all the all these other things. But it is; it's more niche. But he really, really pushed it forward. Uh, mm. over there, you know? 
So tell me a little bit of the shape of the sky, because that was a um I love that title. What was that more oh, about? Thanks, man. That's just like endless possibility. Mm. Right? If you think of the sky, there's really no shape or no, you know, I mean there's no shape, there's no form. Uh it's, it's, it's just it's just matter out there, yeah. It's just matter. It's yeah. just matter. So, you know. I really, you know, I really wanted to uh, go into this concept of being limitless um, and being formless, uh, not bound by rules, uh, not bound by my past or uh, societal structures, I assume, societal structures um, or even my own understanding. You know what I'm right. saying? You know, uh, you know, uh, it's a popular uh uh, I think it's a proverb in the Bible that says, don't lean on your own understanding, all right? Mm, yeah. It's, it's good to understand things, but when you lean on your own understanding. Where you can't take in more information, yeah. You know, that makes sense. And if you're leaning on something, you got to make sure that joint is solid or you're going to topple over. So, sure. you know, yeah. So with the shape of the sky, is that also because of the success of the rise and the fall of River Nelson that made you say that? Like, possibilities might be endless at this point because I found yeah. a way through through my rough musical conduit, I guess, from the beginning of not being signed to, like, figuring it out on your own. Because when that album released, it wasn't... It's still, it was still very hard to be an independent person. It wasn't like a, a <laughs> download here kind of thing at yeah. that time. So, to me, yeah. I found that even more intriguing and interesting that you able to persevere through and then see success where it's like, oh, I, I made enough money to do it again. Like, that's the hard part. I think people don't understand whether it's releasing a book or anything else. <laughs> I recouped somewhat. I can do it again. Like, yeah. Thank you, God. I can do it again. Like, yeah, that's real, man. That's real. And you hit it right on the head. That's what, because there was a, that was, man, uh, I would say, I mean, several years between the Arista uh, situation and the rise and fall, several, several years. And me just playing in New York underground clubs and being in that scene and um, just, you know, any festival I could play in the five boroughs, I was doing it. You know what I'm saying? Anywhere that was it. Um, but the Rise and Fall was the first time. Um, and, you know, Lewis, Lewis's name and what he's accomplished out there certainly um, had something to do with that. Um, right. It was the first time that people really, really knew, who, you know, cared about what I was putting out and uh, media care, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, so that was dope. Yeah. So you're right. Shape of the sky was that it was, um, wow. Look at that, man. Like I'm over here in the UK. Um, you know, this scene is really digging what I'm doing. Did you get to do a tour off the album in the UK because of it? Yeah, we played shows. I wouldn't say a full on tour, but I was out there, yeah. uh, when the rise, the year the, the rise and fall came out, I was in uh, the UK six times that one year. Wow, that's a yeah. lot for a, a US artist to go overseas to to collect those bags. So that says something. Yeah, man, it was it was dope. And then uh, I lived over there for a couple of months. You know, um, every you know the people, my team out there was telling me, "Yo, you need to really just sort of come out here." You know. You nah, know, that's so, beautiful. Yeah, man. So, you know, I rented a little spot out there. I stayed for a couple of months and, uh, you know, worked with some producers out there, did some interviews, uh, stayed in touch with radio, did some shows out there. Yeah, so it was dope, you know. Oh, that's beautiful. 
And How the Dream came, what, about two years after The Shape of the Sky, if I'm not mistaken? How the Dream is 2016. So that came, yeah, about two years about Shape of the Sky. And that was my first record album without Lewis, right? Um, <laughs> how was that? I guess having your guy, right, that you feel comfortable with, a yeah. beautiful synergy that got you to a certain level, and now yeah. you're doing it without him, I guess, in a way. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was exciting. I was, I was, I was excited about the challenge of it, you know, because and he taught me a lot too. Like working with Lewis in those two albums, um, I learned a lot about the recording process. Um, I mean, I, I knew a lot before because I, you know, I was doing it several years before I even met Lewis. But then when I met him, he was more advanced than me, to be honest with you. Just yeah. on the technical, the technical things you do in the studio. Right. So, so I was able to bring that into the. Um, to the How to Dream project. And that was really, that was really me, man. Like I arranged that album. I didn't produce it, but I arranged it. I I mean, I did everything on that album, you know? So you were kind of like the Quincy Jones of your own album of like when he did Thriller of like playing the boards a little bit, but not necessarily making the beats and things of that nature, I guess. Yeah, yeah, like arranging, you know, like- um, mm -hmm. um, bridge, bridge here, hook here, verses here. Yeah, I mean, I always do that. I always do that with lyrically. So I, you know, I always, from the beginning, I've always arranged lyrically. But what I started doing, I would say, really, really on the, on the How to Dream album is or tell them how you want the beat. <laughs> like, hey, I need this here. Well, yeah. <laughs> when they send the beat, when they send the beat, I may hear something in the beat that may not go for the verses, but may go for the hook. So I, mm. you know, so I may copy and paste this, put it here. Copy and paste the end, right. put it here, put it here, and arrange it. So when I hear it back, it's kind of the same track, but it's just sequenced differently. No, absolutely. So how did you feel when that was completed and released to the public? Did you like the reception you got? Um, yeah, yeah, I did. Um, BBC in London, um, they made that, uh, that the album of the day, um, which is, you know, wow. which was dope. Yeah, the album of the day in September of 2016. Um, I want to say a day, a day after Labor Day or on Labor Day or something like that of that year, um, which was really dope. Um, the single more out there got a lot of spin. Um, it was it, it was dope, man. It was it was a really you know uh, one of the reviewers out there in the BBC uh, when they announced the album uh, album of the day, they said it was a beautiful album. And that see to me, if anybody said to me a project is beautiful. That's better to me if somebody says it's dope or it's hot, you know? Right. Because they're listening to it with a different air. It's, a, it's a, more of a collected air than just your average. For, or they might not even be a, a fan of the the genre, but like for them to say it's beautiful means it, it had the, their soul it penetrated other sparks. That's, you hit it right on the head. You hit yeah. it right on the head. Because that that's my goal. Like I try to make um, hip hop albums for hip hop heads, you know, people who like, you know, lyrics and, you know, you know, all the stuff you grew up with, right? Right. But then I also want to get to people who uh, may not be hip-hop fans and uh, who may be casual hip-hop fans, you know, or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. I want to, you know, like try to get them too. No, of course. It's, music should be shared, right? Even if you don't love it all, maybe there's something for you within someone's album. So that totally yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, man. And then there's one album that I've been listening to a lot, especially this one song, um, Japanese Proverbs, Power, Resilience, yeah. and Joy. Yeah. So tell me about uh, that writing process and your, and how, how that came about, I guess. And this was about three years after How to Dream. 
Yep, that came that one came out in 2019. That was one of the last records um I wrote on that. And that is uh a track produced by uh Orlando Lord in Florida. Oh wow. Okay. He freaked that track. Yes. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. And see, and that's and that's another one of those tracks where he just played because he's a musician, he plays all kinds of stuff. So he yeah. you know, he's found out a way to 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 play um, things digitally. And use his, you know, musicianship, uh, you know, merge that with technology and, and still churn out some dope stuff. No, it sounded like he was actually, like someone was actually in the room playing it before you stepped in there to, to do your that's thing. Old. So that's, that's amazing. Old, man. Yeah, he's figured yeah. out how to do that. And it sounds, you know, I mean, he's a musician. So he, but that that's one of those things where um, I arranged too. He played that. He just played a whole bunch of just, I was just like, yo, just go. Nuts. Go crazy and I'll figure it out. And I'll figure right. it out. So I took this, I took that, I took this, I took that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it came out well. But the writing process was a uh, man, that took me a while to finish the song. I remember I had to stay in that for a little while. You know? It sounds like it because like you didn't skip a word, right? Everywhere had true intentions where mm. You didn't. You never fell off the beat, but I can tell you, you took a moment to make sure you stayed on beat because you made sure. You wanted every word you wanted to write to be there. It wasn't like a, let me make sure it hits on this fourth measure. It's like, nope, if I have to skip part of the beat to get the rest of the words out, I'm going to do that kind of thing. That's yeah. how I felt. So I thought that was amazing that you don't see that in artists. They'll, they'll, if they don't hit the beat right, they'll cut it up and figure it out just to make it sound cool. Where it was like, you didn't sacrifice a word. And that's what made me more impressed with the song, personally. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate that, man. No, it's true. Man, like, that, man. Just from a writer, I know that's not easy to like when you really care about that part of your craftsmanship. Sacrificing a word or a sentence just to make something sound cool don't mean a lot if it don't resonate with you still too, right? So for you I to suggest it, yeah. Yeah, for you to do that and me to be able to, to understand that, I thought I appreciated that moment because of that. So Man, that 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 means a lot, man. I appreciate that, man. You know, oh, absolutely. You, you know, I'm sure you know this as a writer. You never know what people are going to pick up, you know, or if they're going to pick it up. So right. anytime you hear somebody um, pick up a detail um, or something like that, or, you know, it, it feels good. Yeah, and a lot of, sometimes in the book, I purposely write something that you might think is about the character, but it's really for me to know that I wrote some of me inside of it, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And I got a lot of that within that one song of yours in, in the Japanese Proverbs. So I was like... Uh-huh. Although a lot of it might be for everyone, I know there's certain things that's probably a core message just for you to remind yourself about things, Absolutely. you know? Absolutely, man. So, yeah. like, I don't think a lot of people realize how it's not the easiest thing to pull off where you make it feel like it's part of something, but it's really for you, you know what I'm saying? So, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure, you you know, you know exactly what that's like. And uh, Yeah. I just hope I'm articulated it well for the audience because it's hard to explain that those choices you make creatively, right? It's like, it's hard to explain it to everyone, but those yeah. that are creatives, I believe will get it. Yeah, no, I, I think you did a great job articulating it. Um, you know, you said something about, it's not worth it if you just try to get a, you know, get a line in there or get a word in there just to complete it or just to have it fall on beat or uh, in, 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 uh, in writing to finish a page or finish that right. last sentence of dialogue. It's not worth it. Um, in my opinion, um, a big part of art and writing is patience, right? Yeah. It's patience and um, not necessarily writing with the end goal in mind, like being in the moment and capturing what you can grab in the moment. 
yeah. and and being fine if nothing comes, you know? Right. You know, this artist day, um, I'm sorry, go ahead, brother. No, I'm gonna say it's, it's important, I think, for artists and writers just to be happy with the download you get and execute that to your fullest ability. Don't think because you're frustrated in that moment. If you had a download of an idea, work on the idea until you feel like it's executed. It's not yeah. about how long it takes. No, and yeah, exactly. Because you, you, you look, uh, there's, a, there's an artist named uh, David Lynch. He's a filmmaker. Um, mm -hmm. He makes films. He, I mean, he does all kind of art. You know, uh, he's, he's a real interesting dude. I heard him put it best uh, about uh, the creative process. He was like, if you don't come up with anything, it's similar to not catching something when you fish. He was like, your only job as an artist or a fisherman, as he was saying, is to bait the hook. Well, first of all, go to the water, get in a boat, bait the hook, drop your line in the water. Right. That's your responsibility. See what comes. Yeah. See what comes. If 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 you get a bite, if you get an idea, great. If you don't, that don't it means nothing except go back the next day and fish. Right. That's it. And that's and that's the way I look at it. And 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 you know, once I start looking at things like that, I can write with patience. It's not like, gosh, man, you know, when I sit down today, you know, because I sit down every day, right? So, you know, when I sit down today, God, I gotta complete this. I want to, and I try to, but I'm fine if I don't. I'm fine if I right. don't. It's like for me, writing is more of like <laughs> the creative part is this is like the ideas, and then after that, it's just the nine to five part of it, just executing it to put <laughs> it on pen, pen to paper. That's all. That's crazy, well, son. That's that's beautiful. Yeah, but once you get the initial idea, it's like that's the fun part, right? Is at least for me when I'm writing a book, if I know my beginning and end, the fun is finding the maze through the middle to get all those points to make sense, right? And I figure it's probably the same for you. Like if you got a cool four bars in your beginning of a verse. The rest of it will fall into place. It's just those first four bars is probably the hardest to yeah, to deal first with. Idea, right? First idea, and your and your writing process. How do you how do you come up with that base idea? Is it something that just I want to say it's like God of the universe. I get downloads of certain concepts, and then from there I'll flush them out. Uh, now that I've written so much just off of like share will of thoughts it's like now i might write them out write them out on index cards now a little bit more but like it's still just coming from an initial download of something like a, a spark of a conversation can give me a download of a character yeah and i'll make a whole story about this particular character and then yeah. just go 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 through it with the character yeah. and just figure it yeah. out but it's never it's never too hard of getting the concept it's finding the time to conceptualize it to its, its maximum mm. capability for me yeah and that's what lets me know I feel like I'm destined to like be a writer is because it doesn't, the ideas don't come hard for me. It's more about, or taking the time to write because I don't mind sitting down to do the work. Yeah. I think a lot of people want to call themselves creatives, but they don't want to do the work. They just have good ideas. A lot of people got, got, got ideas. It's, it's the part that makes you creative is sitting your ass down to get it done. You know what that's, I'm saying? Like, yeah. I couldn't put it better myself. <laughs> that's that's no. just how, how I feel about it because it's like that's, a lot of people- that's real. Mad people got ideas. You know, you will hear, you know, you walk up to 100 people, 90 of them, like you said, will have an idea. But, you know, flushing it out, working yeah. it. A lot of people say, hey, I got I got a story for you. All right, well, how about you write the story? Let me read it and I'll let you know if it works for me. Because <laughs> a lot of people <laughs> want you to tell them their story. It's like, but that's a service and I could do yeah. it. But more of, you're not going to tell me a whole story because you're not, you don't know what it takes. And I know you don't because right. you think 
you give me a page, I'm going to be able to articulate 500 pages. And if you want, that's me giving my own IP. So it's like, right. you got to you gotta pay for that. That's real. That's real. That's real. Uh, yeah. And I don't think a lot of people, you know, kind of understand that, you know, because you have to know what the process is. It seems easy because I do it at such a prolific pace, right? So mm. I, I can see why people might think it's easy, but it's, it's yeah. not. There's days where I'm slamming my damn head across the, my, my laptop to try to get it out. It's real. It's real, man. It's real. So that's definitely um, something that I don't think a lot of people that don't write don't don't necessarily always get, but it's not. They just see the end product, right? They don't see the hours you put in for you to release seven books in seven years and then have seven slated for next year, which I do, right? It's like, that's time consuming. That's, you know, that's that's been mapped out for years. This thing, it wasn't just, just because you see it all come out around the same time doesn't mean it all came out that year before you know what i'm no saying idea. they have no idea um there's yeah. a novel i finished um, I, i'm a i'm a novel junkie right i'm right. a fiction you know so i bang out same one. yeah you look okay yo so that's so you know we can do that on the next podcast if you want you know what i'm saying Absolutely. you know i love fiction but um there's this book um um uh, uh the wondrous life of oscar whale mm. uh brazilian writer um and the book is so ill, man. I mean, it it, it it took him 10 years to write it, you know, like after writing it and researching it, that I was so impressed because that brother stayed with it um, 10 years to write that book, man. You know, and that's just, you know, an example of that patience we were talking about. You know? oh, absolutely. It's it's a marathon in, in the game of writing, no matter what, if you're trying to write something that's going to last, it's, it's, a, it's a marathon. It ain't a sprint. For no, sure. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and, and I mean, Time doesn't really have much to do with it. I mean, it, it really doesn't, man. I mean, um, you can't force ideas, you know? No, you can't. And, you know, even if the idea comes to you, if you can't get to it, I suggest just writing it down so when you do have a moment, if it still sparks with you, you'll get to it. Yeah, for real, man. For real, you know? So what are some of the latest books that you've um, you've read, I guess? Um, the, so this is the one I'm reading now. This is a, a book uh, by a guy named Jonathan uh, Avison. I think I'm pronouncing his, his last name right. E V I S O N. Um, okay. Uh, all about is, all about Lulu. All about Lulu. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And the reason I'm reading, I mean, this is the book I'm reading now. I've read this book. The book before last, I read this. This is his first book. This is this is not his first book. A long a, boy. Interesting. A long boy. This is the first book I read from him, and this is about and this is what made me really love his style. Um, he is a uh, a white dude uh, from the West Coast, and this book is about a uh, like you know those uh, long hair like you know you may see Latin people doing long hair uh, corporations or people's yards, teams of like landscapers and stuff. Yeah. Um, he wrote the novel around that, around one, uh, a Mexican dude who worked in one of those uh, landscaping companies primarily for rich people on the West Coast and how and what his experience was as this Mexican wow. dude living that life and how he was treated and how he had his own ambitions to because he was he was really passionate about lawn care but he didn't like being you know treated like some type probably. of way. Right. Yeah. So it was his struggle, his realizing his dreams and lawn care. It was, it was dope. And so this is his first book all about Lulu. So I started reading it. I was so impressed with that I started reading this. 
Um, and how do you feel about the Lulu book so far? So far, it's dope. It's just about um, a little kid. Um, he See, my favorite types of novels, and I would say this about maybe films too, is like coming of age. Same. That's what I read originally. It's like the Dream of the Boy Who Go 22 is a coming of age mm. story. And a few mm. of my books are coming of age. So, yeah. It's just something about um, catching those lessons again as an adult that you probably didn't forget, but it's like they're good, friendly reminders. Like, all right, yeah, that's a good refresher. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And and he, he does a good job of um, writing about that period between childhood and adulthood, you know? Yeah. Um, when you start realizing some things, you start putting some things together. Right. I think that's why I love um, A Bronx Tale, the movie. It's like, that's such a, a great coming of age, you know what I mean? Yeah. Classic. And so books like that, like, they always grab me first. Absolutely. No, me too, man. Me too. So that's, so that's Jonathan Beeson. Um, before uh, Lulu, I read this. This is uh, An American Marriage. This is by sister uh, Tayari Jones. Oh, wow. Yeah, my mother uh, recommended this. It was good. This is, a, it, it, it was good. Um... The story's a little sad to me, but it was it was uh, some great lines in there. See, see I, I love the story and I love sentences too. So she's, you know, right. she has some great lines in there, you know. And this is basically about um, a brother who was wrongfully jailed uh, a mm -hmm. month after he got married um, in the South. Uh, it's a black dude, um, and then his wife um, basically had to be without a husband within, you know, a, a month after. A month and a half after they married and she started being involved with this uh, guy that they were offering you know they, they they were all college you know they all went to Spelman and Morehouse together they were all cool and then the guy went to college right. I mean went to jail she started messing with him and he got out and then it was da, 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 da. you know I'm telling too much if you want to read it but nah yeah but no, it's like it's a lot of great books out there. It's just we gotta find them, right, and get recommended. Because I know a lot of I did, I never heard of none of those books, but I'm sure they're great books. So, yeah, definitely recommend yeah, them. Great books. So, um, so this is a book I was telling you about the grief, the brief, wondrous life of Oscar Wilde, Huno Diaz, a Brazilian writer. He's from Jersey, um, and I related to it being Panamanian, being first generation Panamanian. He's a first gen, uh, first generation Dominican. So, oh wow. Yeah, so and and, and um, black too, you know. Um, right. So, um, you know, I really related to him being uh, black Latin, uh, right. growing up in America. Right. Um, and he, you know, it was a really dope book. Um, oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, and then before that one, I read he wrote a book. He also wrote a book called uh, "This Is How uh, I Lose Her." And this is a really dope book. It sounds like a, almost like a romantic comedy, but I'm sure it's not. No, it's dope. <laughs> it's dope. It's about uh, a character who's basically a womanizer, man. He doesn't want to be. He's a real good mm -hmm. dude, mm -hmm. but he's uh, uh, a womanizer. He doesn't want to be. And he gets involved with all these women, and he describes how he loses them. Oh, wow. No, that's, that sounds like a book to read, though. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, what... What about you? What's some of the books you read? Um, so far, I just finished the book. I probably took it off of my um, my tablet, to be honest with you. Actually, mm -hmm. no. Hold on. I'm Not Dying With You Tonight is basically about um, the two teenage girls that um, got into a riot. Well, they weren't in the riot, but like they, a riot started happening around their school and they had to find their way back home. And, you know, they're mm -hmm. from like different sides of the tracks and they help mm -hmm. each other get home. Mm -hmm. 
But the beautiful dynamic is that um, a white woman wrote from the white protagonist and a black girl wrote from the black protagonist as they wrote the story together. So I thought that was really interesting. Like, That's dope. To have two authors sit down to like write chapters side by side of like what's going on on um, both their perspectives. I thought it was interesting. Yeah. That's dope, so, so yeah, it's called I'm Not Down With You Tonight by Kimberly Jones and Gilly Seagal. Okay. And then I just read Stephen R. Covey right before that, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Not that I don't have my own good habits. It's more of just sharpening, you know, my tools of, of mental wherewithal of just being better. Of so, of course. So that, and then trying to figure out how to connect the dots, I guess, on social media, just so I'm making sure I'm reaching the right people with my books. Hmm. So I read a book called Influencer um, by Brittany Hennessy, which is about Instagram and the different things that the algorithms might look for and stuff like that. So, yeah. And I'm about to get into a book called A Long Walk to Water. Um, which is from Linda Sue Park, which I'm not sure, but it's, it's, the title grabbed me. I so I was like, let me, yeah, I was like, let me give it a shot. So that's kind of a long walk to water. Yeah, so that's kind of what I'm getting into. That sounds dope. That sounds dope. But I got a few books I got to send to you, like the ebook, so I could get your opinion before I release them. Because I got a crime okay, series. Yeah. I got a crime series coming out called um, Malcolm Evers, which is basically a playoff of Mega Evers. So like, if he had a great grandson, if he lived. To like, you know what I mean? Like, if he didn't get assassinated, if he became a lawyer, I think his great grandkids would become lawyers too. Huh. So, from that pro- process of thinking, I decided to do a crime series basically about his great grandson trying to like save this kid that like killed three white people that were off rogue officers that try to like rob his house in the middle of like a suburb or whatever. And like, that's dope. So yeah, so that's like one of the like five books that I have released and out of that series next next year. So. I definitely got to send you the the first ebook version of yeah. it and get your yeah. opinion on it for sure. Please, please, yeah, no doubt, man. Then I got yeah, a few yeah. other books coming out too, but we'll talk about that off of the. Yeah, but you banging out, man. I feel like, yeah, for me, it's like I'm not writing 80,000 words because I'm still a new author to people, so I don't want to bombard them of not knowing me and then having all these yeah. pages of something. So it's like I yeah. try to keep it from like thirty thousand to fifty thousand words. I don't try to overwrite. Yeah. That's 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 smart. That's smart. Yeah. And and I think people's attention, you know, people's attention span, you know, it is until you get respected, right? If you if they have a, a respect for you, then they want more. But then it's like you'll just buy the next book. Then you wouldn't care if it's in this book or not. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. That's the same all. thing as music. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing as music. Yeah, man. Yeah. Let me get back to my notes because I think I have one or two more questions before. Yeah. wrap up the time is flowing gosh yo yeah it goes by fast when you're having a good convo that's yeah. <laughs> that's what i realized <laughs> my goodness yo so i think one of my questions actually as i look it up is more of um is there a formula for making a hit i asked all those all the people that i know that does music is there like a true formula you think to make a hit or is it a feeling thing for you uh I, in my opinion there is a formula but like the formula it's not easy if you don't have like a budget, which is more of sample driven stuff from like sixties and seventies. Yeah. Sped up for me is the easiest way to make a hit if you're into yeah. pure yeah. form of hip hop compared to you having to construct an original beat at yeah. this in this era. But like I wanna know your opinion. Yeah, I definitely think there's a formula. Um, you know, it, you, you have to first of all, um well, you know. Yes, there is a formula, and you know, but then executing the formula—that's that, a whole different thing, right? right. Um, I think first and foremost, you have to listen to 
was popping at the time. Um, that's first and foremost, like, because uh, what a hit is changes throughout the years. You know, sometimes it changes year to year. Sometimes in six months, you know, it changes. So you right. have to really pay attention to what uh, is hitting at that moment if that's what you're interested in. But I think there's a way to make a formula of like timeless hits of um, where even if it doesn't hit in that moment, like it's going to still be around for 10 to 15 years. It won't be a moment hit. You know what I'm saying? Like, see, see, see that's different though. So yeah, now, that's true. Yeah. So and now, I think that's where samples come in, right? It's like the things you probably heard as a kid that you just sped up a little bit, slightly different with like the verse, verse, maybe a hook hair and kind of keep that going. In my opinion, yeah. I could be wrong, though. No, I mean, I see now, I think what you're talking about is lasting, like you said, timeless music, lasting mm -hmm. music, something that may could hit today, could hit tomorrow. Right. Right. And I think, yeah, I think uh, sound-wise, yeah, uh, old records and some nostalgic sounds, you know, certainly yeah. helps to do that. But I think even bigger, more, more important than that is... Um, what are you talking about in the song? Like, what are you trying to convey? If you're talking about things that are trendy or only important now, you know, then you're dating your music, you know, right. you're dating True. it. So it's not going to be relevant. It's not going to hit as hard tomorrow. But if you're covering universal themes, you know, um, those aren't going anywhere. Right. Which one is easier for you to do, universal themes or like the, the right now in the moment? Um... I feel like you do much more universal from what I've heard from you. Yeah, yeah. I would say, you know, both are, you know, easy and hard. You know, you know, it all depends on, you know, the day. But uh, my preference is uh, is to do the universal stuff, um, mm -hmm. is to do – because really, I, I, really, I have an eagerness to, to, you know, connect with people, you right. know, connect with all kind of people. And art is a great way to do that. So – I try to start a dialogue about, yo, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm experiencing. This is what I'm seeing and thinking. Um, what about you? Right. And I think what helps, too, is that since you're an independent artist, you're playing the catalog game more than, I think, just the one album today. Like, and hopefully absolutely. it goes well. <laughs> so it's no, like, absolutely. yeah, like we're playing the same game since we're both independent in our arts. So, like, yeah. it's like I have to put out 14 books for y'all to, like, five. I'll do it. It is what it is. And that's real. And I feel like that's kind of like the game you're playing too, right? It's like Yeah, it's true. Your catalog yeah. will will keep you afloat more than just one album or one song kind of thing. So Yeah, man. It all it all contributes to your brand, each project. And then you also give yourself more of a chance to To be seen. To be seen. Not yeah. only now, but yeah, five, five to ten five years, to whatever. Ten years. I have a, I have one of a producer guy I know in the UK. He did uh, a song. I want to say fifteen years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, a movie called Small uh, Production Company in Washington D.C. Got in contact with him in the UK. Said they wanted to use it or use a portion of it, and he made a, a nice. He got a nice check from that. Right. Fifteen years after the fact. Right. Are you getting some of those calls now for um, movie clearances and things like that as an indie? No, not yet, man. Not yet. I had one guy who wanted who used used one of my songs, "Beautiful Life," off the Rise and Fall. Um, I just did it off the strength. He was an, ind an independent artist, you know. Mm -hmm. He didn't really have a lot, you know. I was, you know, uh, 
you know, I was honored that he wanted to use the song, you know, and, you know, the way he came to me, I was like, yo, just use it, man. You know what I'm saying? But no, I can't say all the licensing deals have rolled in yet. Hopefully that'll come. You know? No, I think I think it's gonna happen because now content's becoming more king. But like the budgets are gonna be different for everyone, so I think I think it's definitely gonna come. Yeah, it's true, man. It's true, and I'm 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 a firm believer in then just don't stop working. You know, just keep right, just keep you know putting quality stuff out. You know. So before we wrap, I want to know, I guess, where can everyone find you? Do when's your next latest? When's your next project coming out, and where will they be able to find that? Is that like on all DSPs or digital streaming platforms? Or? Yeah, so I'm working on the next album now. I'm about eighty percent done with it. Um, yeah, it'll be it'll be everywhere, all the digital platforms, um, everywhere. Uh, we'll probably press up you know, some physical products too for the heads, uh, you okay. know, vinyls and stuff like that. This is coming um, out in March, so if it's a little bit past that, that's fine. I just want you to know that this podcast is coming, oh, out, it's coming March. out in March. Okay, so this yeah. is, um, yeah, so uh, I don't have a release date for the new album yet. Uh, I'm in the, you know, like I said, I'm working really, really hard on it and I'm really excited about it. Um, so I, I anticipate it coming out uh, within the first half of 2021. I would say so first, second, second to third quarter, possibly. Hopefully second. I, I, you know, hopefully second. But then also you have. I just want to give you a little bit more room, just in case. Yeah, no, no, that's real. That's real. Um, but then you know you have to build a campaign around it, so that takes time. True. Like yeah, absolutely. So uh, yeah, I work with some good PR people, and they uh, do a whole thing for you know three months before the album even touches ground. Oh wow! So, yeah, that. See, that's what I'm missing is like connect the certain dots of having a PR person. Like, I guess the things that cost more money, I haven't gotten it, to yet. Cheap, no, <laughs> it, 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 with the rise and fall, yeah. I mean, yeah, I've 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 used uh, some really big PR agencies who's really uh, helped me, uh, UK based, and uh, and I still work with them. I work with them on the last album too, and they're great. Uh, <laughs> not, you know, it costs so money. do you, do you do much better in the UK than the states, or is it kind of on oh, par? Absolutely, absolutely. Like uh, the 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 UK is where they your bread and butter first. is. Yeah, they, yeah, they they got me first, and you know mainly because of Lewis. You know, Lewis is from there, so when we no, no, of course. Record, and his name was attached on there. Um, Are you yeah. having some more songs with Lewis coming up, or not? At, this particular no, not we, we haven't planned so yet i would love to do something with lp in the future you know um it's interesting though through him and because of me you know being over here so much i've de uh, developed a bunch of relationships with other uk producers people that he's worked with um uh, people that he came up with um you know so i've i would say this album now i'm working with a uk i mean with a u.s producer and mm -hmm. that's probably been the first time in a while. Most 90% of the people I work with uh, are from the UK. Wow. Yeah. Just from, you know, me building relationships out there, you know. Okay. So album, possibly second quarter sometime. Yeah. Second um, quarter. What, what, where can everyone reach you and, and, you know, send you messages if they, if they like your music and things like that? Yeah. So, um, Instagram is probably the best, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, uh, River Nelson, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like Instagram, River Nelson, at River Nell, Twitter, you know, River Nelson, Facebook, you know what I'm saying? SoundCloud, uh, you know, you can hit me there. You can check, uh, all, as a matter of fact, I have all of my albums. Uh, do I have all of my albums? I believe I have all of my albums, most of my albums uh, on SoundCloud to be streamed for free. You know what I'm saying? 
Oh, wow, that's that's very kind of you. <laughs> yeah, for, yeah for, uh, for now. It's not going to be up there forever, so... Uh, well, uh, I got your music off iTunes. So if you want to support, if you already have the the money that you're paying for those streaming services, go to go to Apple Music, go to Spotify, and you know, it doesn't yeah. hurt. I'm sure by the time this comes out, those songs won't be on there. So uh, all right, so yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So, but yeah, but um, yeah, it'll be everywhere, man. And um, I'm just really excited, man. You know, excited about it. Um, this is the, also the first time I, I purchased some equipment um, because of the uh, pandemic. So this is the first time I'm doing everything at the crib. Which must be fun for you, right? It's like, oh, I got, I, I'm saving two hours of not being in traffic. <laughs> I love it, man. Like I said, you know how we was talking about in the beginning, how it's hard to sleep, you know, when I know yeah. I'm creative? Yo, it's, right. I know when I get up, I can write it, I can record it, I got all these ideas, I can, you know, I got Pro Tools now, so I'm learning how to mix, I'm learning how to do all of these things. So that must be beautiful for um, your independent budget too, right? It's like less money coming out of... Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. I mean, less money... You know, this is the equipment I bought already paid for itself. <clears throat> right. Um, stuff I used to hire people for, um, I'm doing as far as editing and all of that. Um, well, you um, you, you created time for time for yourself now, right? Yeah, we buying that equipment. Absolutely. And as, as an independent, I try to tell people that's probably your multi-point asset until the funds come in where you can allocate money to other people to take things off your plate is your time. So. No, it's real, man. Like, um, what you need, you know, that, that new David Lynch we were talking about, earlier he was saying like you need a setup every creative needs a setup you yeah. know something that they when they have an idea they can go right they, to it they can go right to it they can go right to it you, you know um i agree very important you know we have a dust right now right because of me being a writer if not i would i wouldn't think of getting a, a dust right it's so important it sense. it's important man no it's important you know and uh so yeah, man, I'm excited about it, man. I can't wait to get it to the people. Um, I think uh, so far it's my best work, man. You know, uh, I can't wait to you know support it and listen to it. Oh, thanks, brother. Yeah. So usually we do quote of the week and lyrics of the week. I don't know if you have some lyrics you might want to share of like maybe um, Japanese proverbs, but yeah, uh, Japanese proverb. Um... Like a four A bar. You don't gotta be the whole the whole thing. Yeah. Whatever you feel like it's, what if you find something more impactful? If not, I have Larry here just in case. Yeah, no, I have to recall uh, some of the lyrics. Give me, give me some of the bars of Japanese proverbs. Uh, I don't actually. I actually wrote down um, whatever bars. Yeah, I actually wrote down one of your favorite artists that I've done research on that you said De La Soul was like a big inspiration for you because they're from yeah, my hometown. Absolutely. So yeah, no, so I wrote I wrote them down just in case you didn't have it off the top of your head. But if you have yeah. anything that you want to share of any of your songs. Yeah, um, so but, you know, I like to think of lyrics that are meaningful and impactful from like a lot of different artists. Yeah. I just want you to share maybe like a few of the lines that you was like, This was impactful, I think. Yeah, uh, I have so many, so I'm just as, you, as you're talking, I'm just combing through. No, like, no, no, of course, of course. So, I'm five albums. Um, there's so many lyrics, um, even Japanese proverb. Um, yeah, because you're just straight barring in there. I don't even think there's a hook really, it's just straight, yeah, straight bars. Uh, yeah, um, oh, you about to make me. I'm sorry. Pull something up here, brother. <laughs> hold, on, hold on, brother. Hold on. So I'm gonna take Japanese. Just grab a, a few uh, lines from Japanese proverb, which is uh, off the PRJ album "Power Power Resistance Joy." It came out in 2019. Um, all right, so. 
All right. So the hook basically is I fell down. I fell down nine times and I got up ten. All right. So it's basically uh, in that in a Japanese proverb, and that's really a Japanese proverb. Um, a Japanese proverb. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but they basically say, uh, I believe it's uh, for every uh, five times you get up, get up six. It's a different number that they use, but it's yeah. a. But I got the number from Japanese proverb. Um, and which is really supports the uh, concept of resilience on the album, um, being resilient and uh, no matter how many times uh, you lose, uh, you get up, you keep swinging. Well, they do line structures like haiku. It, it almost seems like, right? If, if you do all the words together, I think it's like five and six. So it's I, think, like, it's, I, I, I think it's five and six, yeah. 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 If you get up, yeah, like I think it's five, yeah. It's five sense. and six, I believe. I believe it's five and six. So. All right, so that's that's uh, I read that somewhere, and um, I thought that was uh, I that's something that I go by. So I, you know, I thought it was a great thing to uh, to write about. So, so the first, um, you know, all right, all right. So the first line is on the song is you know uh, today. Um, all right, so. All right, so I'm just taking it line by line. Today my day went smoothly, but my night was all wrinkled up, right? So that that is, uh, you know, that is basically documentation. You know, I'm documenting, um, you know, basically the trials uh, of, of a day, of a week, of a lifetime, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and, and how it's necessary to push through, you know? So it's like, the yeah, day went smooth, but my night was all wrinkled up, twisted up. I got it wrinkled up. Hmm. Yeah, I'm just listening to the song. Yeah, yeah. So basically, it's really a song about, about, um, about you know, perseverance, perseverance and uh, battling through uh anything that's trying to hold you back you know what I'm right saying? no absolutely so thank you for unless you got more of the the, the lyrics you want to share just listen is anything See, it's bad because I, I write so much man and i'm so immersed in this new project no that's how i felt when people ask me about certain books that i've written years ago it's like i'm on so many other characters different plots yeah. that yeah it takes a while for things to come back to me so no i totally yeah. get that so no worries. Um, let me just give out the quote of the week and we'll close out. So the quote of the week is from Maya Angelou. Everything in the universe has a rhythm and everything dances. So that's, I thought that was fitting for you being a musician and, and uh, you know how the world is your oyster when it comes to creating, so. Yeah, brother. Yeah, man, that, that, that's a dope quote, man. And I, I just want to say that I'm proud of you, man, you know. Oh, man. thank you. I appreciate that. I'm super proud of you, man. And I'm, I, I've been watching you from the beginning. The first time I heard you was, you was, uh, a writer, um, you know, paid attention to you because uh, appreciate that. Um, you know, I feel like I have an ally in this creative uh, battle. Uh, oh, of course, got to the only way to do it. You know, and just know that anything you need, uh, anything I can help you with, you know, including your podcast or just anything, uh, your contacts, uh, anything, you just let me know. You know? I appreciate that. So I want to thank River Nelson for um, joining us today. And this is the Americana Quote, Writer to Writer. Y'all take care. Yeah.
Much love, y'all. Peace.